Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. I'm your host Annie McKinnon, an authentic coach, therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about me or even get in touch with me to feature on the show, then my contact details are below. But today I'd love to introduce you to Corin Zai. Corin has three stages across the world from the Las Vegas casinos to European television, Buono, Dominica, Milan, Italy, Circus World, Florida, and the Philadelphia Civic Center. Corn has opened for such entertainment greats such as The Temptations, Holy Dan and George Carlin. She's performed with blues greats Liam Blue, I Can Tina Turner Review, Muddy Waters, B.B. King, and Mike Rogers, John Lee Hooker Jr., Big Mama Thornton, Bobby Blues Band. Corn uses her singing, dancing, and acting skills as Sherry in the Las Vegas Frankie Valley tribute show, Frankie and Sherry. Graduated from the vocal performance and songwriting programs at the prestigious music conservatory, the Dick Grove School of Music. Corn has won many awards and is certified as a level four instructor. And again, I have put more information about Corn in the description. So let's jump in. Welcome, Corin. Hi, how are you doing, Annie? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm yeah. really excited to have you here because, Thanks. yeah, we've tried a, a good few times to slot in a time, but you're a busy woman. So I really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Your background is that you're a singing teacher. I get the feeling that there's a lot more to come, but we'll start off with that. You're a singing teacher. So tell us a bit about that. I am. I'm a singing teacher and a singer and a songwriter. I've been teaching for 30 years. I've been performing for 50 years. Yeah, I'm an old lady, but I'm a cool one. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> I can confirm that. You certainly are. <laughs> Yes, she did live through the 60s, just saying. Mm. <laughs> well, I've been a singing teacher for 30 years, and people say, well, you're a performer. Why did you decide to teach? I didn't really decide to teach. It was kind of thrown into it. If you'd asked me 30 years ago, are you going to be a teacher? I would have gone, heck no, I'm a performer. We were traveling all over the world, you know, gigging, doing TV shows and, and big conventions and just having a ball and making stupid money. And we decided, we were living in Las Vegas, and we decided that we were going to sign a contract with one of the biggest agents there, and he wanted us to sign an exclusive contract, and we did. And then he decided that he wanted us to do something that we thought was morally wrong, and we, he wanted us to put his, his ex-wife out of jail so he could get custody of his children and he was a jerk, so we weren't going to do that. And he offered us $250,000 a year contract for four years. So that was a million bucks. What goes yeah. on in Las Vegas, eh? Right. Yeah, he wanted us to headline at the Tropicana Casino. And we played all the casinos. So, you know, being at a casino wasn't a big deal for us. But that million bucks was <laughs> a serious big deal. We were raising, raising a girl at that point in time. And so we, we thought about it and said, you know what? This is going to hurt his children. Not making that million bucks is going to be a hit, but we're making a good living. So who cares? And he said, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, 
you have an exclusive with me, I'm not going to let you work for the next year. And we said, what? He said, I will raise every offer you get outrageous and no one will hire you. And he did because we wouldn't do that to his kids. He was horrible. He did not need custody of those children and he had lovely children. So we said, oh my God, what are we going to do? I mean, we had some money in the bank, but a year's worth and we would have depleted everything. So mm. I was studying at the time, studying voice with uh, my teacher who is Seth Riggs. And Seth is a very, very, very famous voice teacher. He was Michael Jackson's voice teacher his whole life. Uh, teach Stevie Wonder, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, uh, Steven Tyler. He had 150 Grammy winners. And the greats. Tony winners. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. So I went to him and he said, boy, you guys look shell-shocked. What's going on? We told him. And he said, well, why don't you teach? And I was like, teach? Why would I teach? I'm a performer. He said, well, you're going to be able to perform for the next year? And we said, uh, you're right. No, we won't. <laughs> and he said, well, you can be a teacher of mine. He said, I have nobody opening up the Hawaii market. He said, you've been working with me for years. You know what you're doing. He said, you know, you and Ren's a great actor. You know, you guys can go over to Hawaii. He can teach performance. You can teach the vocal technique and open up Hawaii for me. So we went, well, we do have friends in Hawaii. So we moved, we moved to Kauai and um, became teachers. I mean, and that's after being asked that million, you know, pound question. But exactly. obviously that didn't fit in with your values and what you wanted to do. So well done in saying no to that. But for someone to turn around and say to you, I'm taking away your livelihood. I think that explains just really what that guy was about. Surprise yeah. around the corner teaching. We always uh, lived like it's it. you can be successful professionally and unsuccessful successful personally and have a pretty miserable life. So you have to really balance that. And you have to take your value system and it has to run through both your personal and professional life. Yeah. And sometimes you're gonna take a hit, but other things open like this, never in a million years will we, I think about teaching. It, it's like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even in my, in my sight or thought pattern or anything like that. Never thought of myself as a teacher. And so I started teaching and realized I absolutely loved it. The, the first time that we had a student on stage, we went, oh, oh my God. We had done this huge show in Italy. It was called Bueno Dominica in Milan. And every time before we'd walk on stage, my husband and I would say, please let anybody that hears us or sees us, let us help ease some of their suffering. And we walked on stage and did the show it was the number one was the season premiere of the number one show in Italy. So everybody in Italy saw it. And after we got off stage, we looked at one and we said, boy, there's something missing. That was amazing. That was like the highlight of our career. We walked in a restaurant. People were like, Profecito. you know, it was, it was amazing. Flew back to, to O'Hare and nobody knew who the hell we were. It was like, you know, <laughs> so when we had our first student perform in the, this, this show for students, we went, that's what was missing. We were helping people, you know, by, by the, giving them a few minutes of, of joy and forgetting their trouble, but we weren't really helping, helping. We realized that if we were able to take other people that wanted to perform and teach them to perform at a professional level while still keeping their value system intact, 
and their motivation to help others that we could reach potentially millions of people. And we have. I mean, we uh, I have a student that has a couple of Grammys, a uh, couple of students that have Kid Choice Awards, people on Broadway. You know, I could give names, but we don't have time. So I, I've done that, and my husband did that. You know, we were able to reach people, teach people, and help plant the seed of use your talent to be a benefit to the world and to help others. And these people have reached millions of people. I mean, we, we reached hundreds. Well, when we did Buena Dominica, we reached millions. But, you know, um, and being a singer-songwriter, you can really, really, really dial it in. You can take your message and just completely, you know, aim it exactly where you intend for it to go. Whatever you want to address, whatever you want to champion as a singer-songwriter, you can do that. In terms of the LGBTQ plus community, where does that fit into your teaching? Okay, it's near and dear to my heart, okay, for oh so many reasons. My oldest daughter is a gay woman married to a beautiful gay woman. They have two beautiful daughters. Uh, and my niece is a gay woman engaged to another woman. Wonderful, wonderful relationship. They've been together for five years and uh, very, very happy. My family... I was telling you before we started recording the podcast that I have a Hanai. Now, what does Hanai mean? In Hawaii, the word Hanai means extended family. In regards to children, it means it's not a foster child, it's not an adopted child, but it's a child that you take into your family and you raise as your own. So I have the wonderful Pip, who's transitioning right now on hormone uh, therapy, and in I totally just had had their gallbladder out. Hey, I can give sympathy there, yeah, because I've right. I've had mine out, yeah, painful experience. So, transitioning and having your gallbladder out, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh my god. So, uh, and I and I have a lot of students that have come to me that are trans. I've had students come to me that are intersex. You know, I lived in Vegas for thirty years, and. Um, that has a huge, huge LGBTQ community there. And so a lot of them are in show business. Would stand a reason that I would end up with a lot of students, uh, you know, they're LGBTQ. And so I realized because one of my specialties is um, vocal therapy. What does that mean? That means if someone is, is sick, or has vocal nodules or has a paresis, which is partial paralysis of a vocal fold of vocal cord, or, or dys dysphonia, which is paralysis of vocal cord from, you know, injury or abuse, vocal abuse or a stroke or something like that. I, I have a student that, that I've worked with on and off that is quite famous, and I, I promise not to say who, who he is, but he has, has paresis partial um partial paralysis from being from having an operation on his back and and being trait and it did nerve damage so because i had that expertise and, and one of the other things that i have expertise in are are um boys and girls going through puberty okay and a lot of voice teachers are terrified of that but thankfully my teacher is brilliant he is the teacher that took uh classical, the bell canto classical, and made it work for contemporary commercial music. 
Okay, so before you tell us about that, the person that you're talking about that has their voice paralyzed or injured, how are you able to, I guess, take them through to fix that? Or is it, is it fixable? Sometimes you can fix it, sometimes you can't. In his case, probably not going to be able to fix it because okay. the nerve was damaged from physically damaged. You know, it's like as if, as if someone took and smashed your hand and some of the nerves were killed, they died. Okay, so in his case, that's what happened. It was damaged from, from the trach. Uh, so in his case, what we do is we go in and we reprogram new vocal habits to get other parts of the cord in the vocal fold to, um, to make up for the deficit in that one part of the cord. Okay, I got you. Yeah, right. Got you. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say, let's say, um, your hand you, only goes like this, right? But it's really these two fingers that do that. So you get these fingers stronger, which are going to pull these fingers down a little bit. Okay. So it's uh, and you target with what I do. I'm targeting targeting. That's a word, right? I'm targeting <laughs> specific muscles, right? And making them stronger. Okay. So if, when you have a damage like that, you go in and you're reprogramming neural pathways in the brain. Literally everything we do, think, feel, taste, smell, touch, um, creates, creates a little groove in the brain. You know, our brain, our brain looks like a big old noodle. But that wasn't what it was like when we were babies. It was it was this gray matter that matter that was kind of solid with a few grooves in it, you know, for breathing and all that kind of stuff. But as we get older, I mean, it, we have these deep things, and it looks like spaghetti almost, you know, like big thick spaghetti. And those are the neural pathways. So those are our our habits, you know, anything we've experienced. Like our neural pathway for walking is really deep. And we don't have to think about it. You know, you can cross the street, talk on a cell phone, eat a candy bar, you know, and, and just kind of look for the cars and not get hit by a car, but never, never pay attention to your feet. So, yeah, and that, but I'm really curious to find out how you do that. Is that, is that something you can explain? It is, it is. Um, okay, there's only two ways to play a vocal instrument. Everybody, this is, I hope, sorry if I offend anybody, but I don't mean to when I say this. Everybody's Stevie Wonder when they sing. Nobody can see, nobody can see their vocal cords, right? If you're playing the piano, I got a piano in front of me. I'm looking down, I'm seeing it, which is a good thing because I don't play real well. If I can't see it, I'm in trouble, right? Um, or a guitar, right? You see the string, you can look down, you're playing and, oh, where's my hand? Okay, I'm all right. But you can't do that with your voice. So you have to really heighten what you're hearing, and then you have to learn how to feel it in your body. Where's mm -hmm. the air going? Is it coming straight out my mouth? Is it going back behind the soft palate? Right? It, do I feel choky? Is my tongue up or is my tongue down? Or am I am I singing like this? Is my throat all open and I sound like, oh, it's home, you know? You know, which that's real old people. Nobody would ever do that unless they're doing a character voice while they're singing. <laughs> you know? yeah, it sounds so interesting because I'm sure most of the listeners like me would never have thought of that when it comes to singing or your voice or how that works. Yeah, people think, and th there's this, this 
false idea and everybody believes that that either you're born being able to sing or not it's not the truth all it is is muscles muscle memory and muscle strength that's so all anyone is. can sing anyone. anyone can sing anyone can sing what we're manipulating is air your swallowing muscles your tongue this whole this whole mechanism here your levator muscles right keeping them relaxed you want this whole mechanism of swallowing and the tongue and the levator muscles and everything completely relaxed. And then this thing that I call a squeaky dude. Well, what does that mean? It means that there's a little passage, a little passage back behind the soft palate, right? And it's this little hallway that goes into your sinus cavities. So those of us that play guitar or you've seen a guitar, there's a big old hole in it, an acoustic guitar, not, yeah. not an electric guitar. And if you strum, the chords, that air is going inside the body of the guitar through that hole, bouncing around on the wood and coming back up. Now, some guitars sound gorgeous, some sound okay, right? So that depends on how, how it's made, how the body's made, the type of wood, the distance, how fat the, the, it is from the front to the back, how big it is, you know, how big the hole is, the type of strings you're using, all these different things. Well, for, for people, the acoustics of our head, okay, gross, is our skull. Who knew? Right, nobody knew. Nobody, I knew, but I learned it, right? So, so the air has to compress because otherwise it's not going to fit through that little hole. Gotcha, yeah. Right? And it's going to, it's like threading a needle. When you thread a needle, what do you do? You wet it and you, you twist it together to get it through the needle. Otherwise, a bunch of the, the, the threads are going to, fray and it's never going to go through the needle and you're going to get mad and say never mind right that would be me. which is most times for me yeah yeah exactly or, or you find someone and say would you please thread this stupid needle and so it's the same thing with the air the air has to compress to go through that little passaggio that little hallway so we can open up into the big room of the sinus cavities where it bounces around and it picks up the highs mids and lows of your Oh, Halloween here soon. So, <laughs> so um, and then it, then it comes out your mouth, but it, it's picked up all that beautiful color. Of course, it has to do with your nose and, you know, and how long your neck is and all the, uh, there's all other things that add to it, but the biggie is the skull. All right. So that's what the squeaky dude is about. Okay. So when I'm teaching someone, I spot diagnose what the brain is telling the muscles in the throat to do. And spot prescribe. Here we go. You ready? Let me I'm ready. <laughs> I spot prescribe a specific vowel consonant combination, starting and stopping on a specific note, on a specific scale. And a scale is like you know me 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 or me 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 me. So it just depends on on which one I think is going to work because I need to know what note it's going to end up on. And what note it's going to start on, because I need to know what's going to happen in the middle. How interesting. Okay. On the specific vowel consonant combination. And our goal is to sing smoothly from the lowest note to the highest note back and forth without it getting light and wobbly or tight and choky or being off pitch. You want this even sound with it sounding like the same voice all the way through. And so, and so that's what this is about. So I'm chasing your nervous system around. So people say, can you just send me something? It's like, you know, there's all these people that have these, these pre-recorded lessons and everything. Will it work? Well, 
maybe for some voices, because there's some voices that are real easy. Some voices are just easy, you know? That's just a luck of the drawer on your DNA. That's just genetics. And then there's other voices like mine, who I'm a dramatic first, which means I'm Whitney Houston on the bottom and Ariana Grande on top. Things is not like the other, not like the other. You know, so it took me years and a lot of money to be able to mix and blend my voice to sound even all the way through. Right. But there are those people that they're just born with that instrument and I can't kill them. So I guess I got to help them. Right. (laughs) Okay. So that's how you do it. Now, if you have an injured voice, if you have an injured voice, there's certain sounds and and I wish I could explain what I hear. I've tried to explain what I hear. My, my ears gotten so sophisticated. Yeah, I'm that cool. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's like, it's, it's gotten so sophisticated after 30 years. I hear little nuance in intonation or airflow or direction of the airflow, you know, or the amount of compression, the squeaky dude, you know. Um, so I know what I need to do. And, and most people can't hear it. And so they're like, you're crazy. Nothing's going on. It's like, well, oh, but that worked, didn't it? Okay. And the other thing that we do, and this is where we tie into speech therapists and speech pathologists, because part of what we do is exactly the same as as them. Okay. Consonants decide their air regulators, how much air is being let through. And vowels decide direction of airflow. So I'm manipulating the air, you know, of how much air I'm letting through and the direction of the airflow. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's got nothing to do with talent. This is the one plus one equals two of playing your vocal instrument. Okay, and it doesn't matter if you are a child, if you are a man, if you are a woman, if you're transitioning, if you're a pubescent boy or girl, you know, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're 70 or if you're seven. It's the same stuff's going to happen with everybody, right? A big deal with menopausal women. Big yeah, deal. how does that, how does that? Yeah, yeah. I think puberty backwards, you know, yeah. uh, and, and you hear these great singers, these older women, and like, and I'm going to say, and this breaks my heart because I was, a, I was her, a tribute artist for here for years, Barbara Streisand, yeah. and she was for many, many decades, the greatest singer on the planet now everybody's like gone way past her you know but for, for decades she was she was and yeah. now you hear her and she's 80 okay so you got to give her that but I but even when she was about 65 70 she didn't change how she was singing but she had a different instrument right so having said that she you if you saw her Thanksgiving concert a couple of years ago it was, it was sad. It was, it was, I was heartbroken. You know, I mean, she's always been kind of a person, you know, kind of narcissistic, but it just broke my heart because that voice was amazing. She was, as you say, for decades, she was right up there, wasn't she? Oh, she was the singer. And now if you, Mm. you know, and people say, really? It's like, go back and listen to her last concert. And people go, even people that aren't me, they'll go, what's wrong? She's not sounding like herself. And she's changing things and she's barely getting through things. And, you know, of course I heard all kinds of stuff and I knew what was going on. She's trying to sing like she did 20, 30 years ago. And she's got a different instrument. All she had to do 
was humble down, take some of her millions and go get some voice lessons. I have students that I've worked with that didn't even start singing until they were 65, 70 years old that are now singing three, four octaves. Totally steady without any wobble in their voice. Amazing. You know, it's just muscles. It's muscles, people. It's not self-esteem. And not people, you are person. people, people that come to you, are do they come just because they want to learn how to sing or because they want to make it a career or both? Both. Both. I mean, I have I've I've had students over the years um that just just don't want to be embarrassing happy birthday. You know, in 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 most of the time, people say, well, I'm tone deaf. Well, no, you're not. There's no such thing as tone deaf. There's three reasons people would have trouble matching pitch, which is what that means. You hear a note and then you, you take your voice and you sing the same note. Either you haven't learned how to match pitch. Yeah, it's a thing. Now there is a genome for music and those people are going to match pitch just naturally. It's just their, their brain gets it. Or people with perfect pitch, you know, which is a blessing and a curse. Obviously they have the genome for music. But the, other, the rest of us have to learn how to match pitch. So how do you do that? I'm around music and you're singing with the radio. And, but some people never did that. And then they decide they want to sing. So they have to learn to match pitch. The, the other reason is because technically there is something wrong with their voice. They need to figure out how to play that instrument. A lot of times guys, right? they'll sing two or three notes and they won't go beyond it because it starts getting tight and choky as they go up higher. So it doesn't matter what the melody of the songs do and they're just singing those three or four notes. And women want to sing everything in their head voice ah, because three quarters of the range is head. Well, guess what? In pop music, you got to get down in your chest. And mm. so they're trying to sing in their head lower than that goes. And so they're not hitting the notes. So they think they're toned up. God, this is such valuable information because how many times I've heard people saying I'm tone deaf, I can't sing. And here we are hearing that actually anyone could sing anyone and no one's sing. tone deaf. Anybody. I love it. Yeah, and there's one more thing, and this is the most powerful one, I think, in my experience. You don't think that you can sing. You don't think that you can hit the notes. And that may come from you know I've, I've seen i've seen people in a musical family like the middle kid when everybody's like blowing and being amazing and then they're intimidated so they tell themselves they can't do it or um someone sang in choir in school and the choir director said you know what you're just not suited you really don't have a good voice you can't sing in church or in school or a family member or close friend says that's terrible stop singing and, oh it's and, always and, other people's beliefs isn't it right you know, and, and this, these are people that, that think they're helping. But this is what I say. If you can't diagnose what's going on in that person's voice and you can't fix it, I don't know if this is okay, but I'm going to say it. Shut the hell up because you have just damaged this person. They trusted you. And so they're going to believe you. So their brain is going to tell them that they can't do it. So anytime they go to sing, they have that neural pathway saying you can't sing. So they're not going to yeah. hit the notes. Yeah, you know? and I, I'm a coach and a therapist and the amount of times that people come to me and a lot of the issues that they have in life are because of other people's beliefs and how they've been conditioned 
to believe these people. And then the journey begins, doesn't it, to try and unlearn all of that shit, I guess, and, and find yourself. Exactly. And as you as you well know, it's it's all about it's all about unlearning and relearning or reprogramming and yeah. reprogramming in a new pattern. It's just patterns, people. It's patterns. You know, we think it's who we are, but it's really not. It's it, you know, and especially, especially, and you know this, Annie, if it's programmed in with deep emotion. Yes. Oh god, yeah. Then you have a real deep neural pathway. And right? the work that needs to be done to unlearn all that, really find who you are as a person and tap into your own values and beliefs is hard bloody work. It is hard work. And how do you how do you separate your belief system from someone that you trusted that imposed it upon you? You know, it's trying to, and that's what you do. You take in, and I do in in my work in regards to singing, you know, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've had adults fall apart in my studio when they realize that they can sing and they wasted 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes 60 years because of someone else's belief system imposed on them or, or opinion or, or they were jealous or what, whatever their issues are, who knows what that may be, or you know, a choir director who is, okay, people, please listen to this. This is so important. If you have a choir director, I don't care whether it's a church choir director or if it's a school choir director, it's an independent choir, I don't care. I don't care if it's a worship team, I don't care. They are great at what they do, which is vocal arrangement, blending, finding great songs, you know, and, and putting those pieces parts together. They are not 99.9% .9 of the time vocal technique coaches. So if something, if you're having trouble hitting a note or someone keeps getting the solos and you don't, especially in a worship team, and you're feeling left out. I have a student, <laughs> I have a student, she's British, okay, who is an amazing singer. She's, she's, been, she's been in Broadway shows, you know, she's, she's been in a zillion shows in, in Vegas. You know, she's a pro. Nobody in the church knows that. She's on the worship team. She never solos. She never solos. She only because? Because they don't think she can sing. She's amazing. Amazing. She's been, she's sung, done solos in these Broadway shows. And she's so sweet. She says to me, I was like, come on, babe, talk to him. Tell him, you know, say, at least give me a chance to, to show you what I can do. She said, I'm not in church for that reason. And nobody yeah. else can sing harmony like I can. And I'm like, yeah, but, but think of the people that you'll help if you're out front. Because I've been in that church. I've heard the soloists. They're okay, but they ain't you. You'd be blown. But at any rate, that's, that's how the world works. So don't take their word for it. They don't know how to fix it. If you're not getting where you need to go in, in an ensemble like that, go get some independent voice lessons. And then, and then and the voice, the voice teacher is going to teach you to be a soloist. But if you let them know you're in a choir, 
they'll teach you how to be a soloist and how to blend in a choir because those are two different separate completely separate vocal um, approaches not technique you can use the same technique if you have a good technique and also know most vocal technique teachers teach classical technique which will not work opera technique does not work for contemporary music so you have to find a voice teacher that teaches contemporary God, such okay. valuable information Karn. oh well and you have to find a vocal technique teacher because if you want to if you want to grow your voice because anybody can i mean i don't know about in in, in scotland and in british and in, in other countries but in the united states anybody can say their voice teacher they don't have to be licensed they have to get a business license but the, they don't have to take a test they don't have to do, they can just say i'm a voice teacher they can croak like a frog and, and sing off pitch but but they they can say they're a voice teacher right so there's different kinds of voice teachers there's a vocal technique coach like me that teaches you how to play your vocal instrument okay you're going to get more power more range match pitches you know be able to get flexibility in your voice texture and color do all the cool stuff you know um and then and then there's a vocal performance coach which a lot of them are but they'll masquerade as vocal technique coaches and, and they'll hurt you because they'll say, just sing louder to hit the high note, just sing louder. And then you'll hurt your voice because that's not how it works uh, <laughs> at all, people. That'll hurt you. Okay. Uh, then, then you'll be at the laryngologist, you know, getting help. They'll be sticking a hammer down your nose. Uh, but, but that's and, interesting that there's no, I guess, regulation that no anyone regular. can just call themselves a voice no. coach. Yeah, oh, anybody can call themselves a voice coach. And so there's vocal performance, which they teach you how to perform. It's like it's like an acting coach for singers. Every song is is a 30-minute monologue if you're singing by yourself or a scene if you're singing a duet or a trio or whatever. Um, my husband was a brilliant vocal, vocal performance coach, just absolutely brilliant, because he understood the technique, too, so he could marry the two. Um, then you have a repertoire coach. What does that mean? They know your range. They know the type of voice you have. They know the style that you want to sing and the genre, and they help you pick out songs and set keys, right? Then there's a styles coach. You want to sing R&B? Well, there's specific notes and stuff that you need to, to be able to, to, to sing in certain runs and cool stuff that you need to do for specific genres, okay? But if you want a vocal technique coach, someone that's going to teach you to sing your vocal instrument, you have to make sure that's what you have. And if you're singing contemporary music, which... I mean, there may be some opera singers out there, but most of us want to sing with a band or, you know, musical theater. You have to, you have to find a contemporary vo vocal coach, vocal technique coach for that. Okay, and you so, you're clearly clearly so passionate about what you do. Oh, I, I've I was damaged by voice teachers, my confidence, and I was a professional singer when I went to my first voice teacher. He had no idea what the hell he was doing, and he just kept saying, "Sing louder, sing louder." And I, I was always off pitch because me singing louder wasn't gonna, I had a big old heavy voice on the bottom. There's no way me singing louder was gonna hit that high note that he wanted me to hit. But he had no idea. And he was, at that point in time, it was the 80s. He was the most famous teacher in Vegas, right? So I'm going, ugh, really? Did not work for me. I'm, thankfully, I decided to go back to college and go to a music 
conservatory in Los Angeles. And that's where I met someone that, that taught the Seth Riggs speech level singing method, which is what I, I later became certified in and realized, oh my God, there is life after chest, you know, which is chest voice, your low voice. And, and she taught me how to get my head voice. And then I said, well, you know, I love Janice. She's a great teacher, but I'm not 18. I was in my thirties. I already had a career singing. I don't have time to fool around. I'm going to go right to the dude. So, you know, Seth was in Los Angeles. So I just went to him and got voice lessons. And mm. so I started working with him in 1989. Just went to the best. I just went right to the best. It was expensive, but, you know, we were in Vegas on the weekends doing gigs. And so we were make, still making really good money. So yeah. it was okay. God, it sounds like you, you've had a really exciting life out in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, in Vegas, all over the world, and now I live in Los Angeles, and uh, I love it here. I'm in I'm in NoHo, which is the North Hollywood Arts District. The, actually, in the building that I live in, there's a theater downstairs, a 66-seat little theater. I have five theaters within walking distance to where I live. It's really cool. I'm just sort of thinking and curious. It wouldn't always have been bright lights and greatness. You know, it must have been some pitfalls along the way to get you where you are now. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, when I was younger, believe me, you know, I worked as a maid in a travel lodge, you know, uh, and I was like, I was like four foot eight and I weighed 72 pounds and I had to do 10 rims a day. Okay. okay. Wait for it. I made $1.25 an hour. This is in between gigs because you don't go right to working full time. I came off a tour, couldn't get arrested, much less, you know, a gig. And so I started working as a maid in a travel lodge. I, I flipped burgers and waited tables at truck stops and, and you know, horrible restaurants. Uh, and let me see, what else did I do? I, this is terrible. I was not made for this. In downtown, I'm from Chicago. In downtown Chicago, I worked in this huge warehouse. From one end to the other end were boxes of files. Now, I mean, this, this, it must have been a 20,000 square foot warehouse. And there were five of us. And we had to go in and alphabetize these files. Have you ever seen those science fictions where it just goes on forever and forever and oh, forever? Yeah. <laughs> and I was so broke at the time. I didn't, I, I didn't even have any, any money to buy food to bring for lunch. So I'd bring a tea bag and I'd go into a restaurant and order a glass of water and ask for cra- uh, hot water and ask for crackers. And I drink tea and eat crackers because back then they gave them to, you know, we're talking about 60s, early 70s. Okay, so they gave the crackers free. It, they gave back then they did. I mean, it must look 12 years old. You know, <laughs> I look like 20, but I look 12. That's um, what you call survival technique. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so they was like, oh, they probably went out starving, starving actors. Here, what's going on? So they were, and then I'd have to go back to the warehouse and do the files. It was eight hours a day of unending files. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was that was hell. Let me it tell you. Hell. I, I, yeah, I finally got a gig. Oh, thank God. It, I was, but so I had jobs like that in between gigs, but that ended in 1972 when I met my current husband. My current husband, my husband passed away in February, but he's still current for me. Um, uh, of and, course, uh, of course. But yeah. So and we and we were in the circus, and we were, you know, doing gigs at nightclubs, and 
you know, there was a troop and a bunch of people and, and it was, it was great. And I never had to not work in show business again after that. Okay. So I was very blessed. I was very unusual, uh, except for, except for, except for when I went to Hawaii. I forgot about this because I had a bill clientele. So I, I like to say, I don't know if I was learning humility or humiliation because I went from traveling the world, you know, being somewhat of a star, you know, and to working in a flipping bakery, sweeping floors, washing dishes and selling donuts. Now that is hell for me because I love sweets. And at that point, not anymore, I'm 70 years old, like who cares? You know, but then I was really looking after my figure. I was in perfect shape. So, and there were donuts and sweets and cakes and cookies and my own personal hell, humiliation and sweets that I couldn't eat. I don't know. I thought I had died and gone to hell, actually. Don't think I could handle that myself, but I, just thinking as you're talking and I'm really curious to find out what's your most favorite gig? Where was it? My most favorite gig? Yeah. We had a show. It was our own show. Was this the TV show? Uh, well, I loved doing the TV show. Yeah. That was that might have been one of my favorites. But my other favorite performing, not being a, a TV host, uh, was in Laughlin, Nevada at the Riverside Casino. We had our, our own show there instead of being an act in somebody else's show. And that, that was great because we could do whatever we wanted. This our show. Freedom. We had it for over a year. It was it was great. It was a thousand seat showroom, and uh, and so we'd be able to change it up, and we'd go back to our room, and we okay. This this is how you do it, people. Got <laughs> kids, and you're traveling. You put them in the show, right? If you have pets and you're traveling, you put them in the show. That way, they have to to pay for all the travel and you know food, everything. So we put, we put our kid in the show. Of course, she broke her arm right before we opened. So we had to make her a costume where you couldn't see the cast or the insurance of the casino wouldn't let her do it. Um, and, then, and then we put the cats in the show because my husband was not only um, a great composer, arranger, and singer, actor, what didn't he do, filmmaker? Um, he was also the human target. I mean, this is, okay, people, this is so politically incorrect now, but back then it wasn't. He stopped a 22 caliber bullet and a steel plate in his mouth. Okay. Right? And he also was, was an illusionist, right? So, so the show was, you know, we had a band, I sang, you know, uh, I was his box jumper for the illusions. I assisted him in the, in the, the bullet catch. We had someone doing mental magic. Just sounds like a whole load of fun. Oh, it was, oh, we had a ball, you know, yeah. it was, we didn't have to, I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to clean up. <laughs> there was no domestic duties because the maids came and took care of that in the rooms, you know, it was like, we, we could eat for free in, in the hotel restaurants. It was, I mean, that was, that was fun. We really, really enjoyed that. Sounds amazing, actually. So, Corin, if you were to leave a message for our listeners, what message would you want to leave them with? I would like to leave with them. You can have anything you want as long as you're willing to do what it takes to make it happen ethically. I got to say that because I don't want you to go rob a bank because you're broke. 
Okay. The trick to that, especially for those of us that maybe feel we're not worthy and which one of us, unless we're narcissists, don't feel that, have little pieces of that in us. Make sure that your motivation is to help yourself and others. If it's puppy and puppies and kittens, then fine, visualize that. If it's children, visualize that. If it's LGBTQ people, visualize that. If it's older people, visualize that. If it's everybody, every sentient being, visualize that. Hey, if it's oak trees, visualize that, it doesn't matter. But for those moments that you just don't feel like you're worth it and you wanna take the back door, you don't wanna get out of bed, think about them. And that will give you the strength and the motivation to keep going and not give up because you can be successful personally and professionally. And I have to say, because we didn't cover it, but really quick, let me just say about LGBTQ voices, okay. Everything I said about singing applies completely to LGBTQ voices, especially trans voices. Okay, if you are if you're taking estrogen, it's not going to change your voice. Okay, it's not going to change your voice. It'll change lots of things, but it won't change your voice. However, voice lessons or good speech therapist, if you don't want to sing, will help you get those highs. I have I like I said I have older men, older men who were supposed to like this, who are singing into crazy Adam Lambert range, okay, with a solid voice. If you heard him sing, you'd think they were 30. My teacher's 96, and if you heard him talk or sing, you'd think he was 30, because he's got strong muscles, okay? So know that, that you, if you, but you have to find a teacher that gets it. You have to find a teacher that gets it, all right? If you are, if you're a trans man, and you're taking testosterone, it will lower your voice. Some trans men, it lowers it just the way that they want it to. Some it doesn't, right? It just depends on the body and the person and, you know, just like everything else. Get a voice teacher that understands it. And build those muscles. And build those muscles because I'm telling you what, oh, I wish I had my piano plugged in. I would show you. I, I'm a she, her. Okay, obviously. Although, although I don't know what you guys call it, but... It was just a crap shoot as to whether I ended up with my husband. I could have ended up with any being on the planet. Well, nothing with four legs. I, I don't do that. Yeah, it's about any, the connection. Being, because it doesn't matter to me, the gender, you know, um, it matters to me, the person. Yeah. So, so yeah. I have to put that out there so people understand. I get it from experience. Yeah, okay. and thank you, Corinne. And I think you're going to get a lot of calls after this. Uh, because we've basically just said to all the listeners, anyone can sing. So all anyone they need to do. So how can they get in touch with you? Well, there's a million ways to get in touch with me. Okay. <laughs> if you if you go to, to uh, Facebook and you go to Dreamweaver Star Tracks Vocal Academy, um, just hit me up, leave me uh, DM me, leave me a message, or go to Karen, C-O-R-E-N, Zai, Z-A-I, Oh, and, and Dream Weaver Star Tracks is S-T-A-R-T-R-A-X. That's okay. I'll put I'll put okay. the links in the description. So what well, once you send them to me, Karen, uh, so that people can just get in touch with you. So and I have my phone number and go ahead and call. Even if you just have a question, I'm here to help. It doesn't matter if you don't want to take lessons. I mean, if you do, cool. I'd love to hang with you. 
But if you don't want to take lessons and you just have a question, if you're confused, if you're scared, if you don't understand, I don't want you to live like that. That's not okay. All right. I'm here for you. I will be here for you and help you through it in any way I can. Karen, you're amazing. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. What what valuable lessons we've learned tonight. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Annie. You are just absolute precious gift um is the fact that you're helping people the way you are and um i hope we get a chance to do this again in some way and i'm here for you in any way i can assist you on your journey and your quest to help others uh absolutely amazing and i'd love to thank the listeners for tuning in check out next monday for the next episode of let's talk all things lgbtq plus thank you